Welcome back to Halloween Haunts 365.com, the podcast. I'm Jared. We have Terry. Hi. Welcome back. Not a lot of news to report on. This will actually be the last time you see us looking this uh, bad in the camera. Yes. Maybe one of the last, because we're finally upgrading this huge piece of shit over here that took me four and a half minutes to open a PDF with nothing running. <laughs> nothing. That was crazy. Uh, it took so long. I, I can't believe it. It's every time with a PDF. I don't understand. But that's going to be a thing of the past. We're moving on up in the world. We're going to have clearer video. Audio we'll deal with next year. But it sounds good to me so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. All right. As you can tell by the picture that you clicked on, today we're covering A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. And we're going to take a look at that trailer right now. Alright, so we checked out the trailer. You excited? Yes. Yes. We actually had to rewatch this one. Because I always get it mixed up with 5, but now I think I can do 5 without watching it. <laughs> what about you? I think so, too. Yeah, because I always got those two confused. Because they were, they were kind of the same, sort of. Yeah. And Freddy's Dead, I don't need to watch any movie. I've seen that the most. <laughs> Alright, but let's jump into the plot. So, for the plot, we have, in 1988, a year after the events of Nightmare 3, Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey have been released from Weston Hills and are back to their lives as normal teenagers with their families. However... Kristen believes Freddy Krueger will come back, and when she dreams that she is in Freddy's old boiler room, she summons Joey and Kikaid into the dream. They're not happy about that. No, they were pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Kincaid and Joey are upset that she has reverted to her old ways back when they were in Weston Hills. To keep her calm, they take her to the boiler and show that it is ice cold. Kristen had also summoned Kincaid's dog, Jason, because that wasn't a pun on words yeah. <laughs> into the dream the dog jumps out of the boiler bites Kristen, and they all awaken in their rooms wondering what the fuck just happened the next day Kristen meets up with her boyfriend and we meet martial arts enthusiast rick johnson played by andreas jones i, I don't get the karate theme in this movie like the Karate Kid was in 1982. Was there a big karate... Like, I was into karate when I was younger, so I guess it was about that time. I don't know. They could have... I guess they needed to have him do something rather than just be there. I guess. We'll see. Uh, so we meet Rick and their friends. Rick's shy and quiet sister, Alice, played by the outstanding Lisa Wilcox. I liked her. Sheila, played by Toy Newkirk. An asthmatic genius, and Debbie, Brooke Deese, a tough girl who doesn't like bugs. I can't blame her. (laughs) Kincaid and Joey confront Kristen at the school about the dream. They tell her to let it go, that their days of fighting and dreams are over, and if she keeps going at it, she might accidentally bring Kruger back. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really like the intro scene to this. The 80s rock music was blaring. You see the little girl drawing and being all creepy. And yes. the rain washes it. It was a really good scene. That night, Kristen stays awake to keep herself from dreaming, but Kincaid falls asleep. 
He awakens in a junkyard, the same junkyard from 3, where Freddy has been accidentally resurrected. By accidentally resurrected, Jason the dog peed on the ground. Boom, Freddy. I... He got a, it was lightning. He peed lightning. He peed fire. Fire. Lightning was Mr. Voorhees in number yeah. six. Still the best Voorhees ever, but that's okay. We're, we're back on Friday. We'll cover them soon. Oh, God, no. Are you looking forward to watching them? No, not at all. all. confusing to me right now. No, not at all. We only have 11 to watch. Because I have to re-watch every one of them. Yeah, I know. And not looking forward to that at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Maybe you should have, uh, what's his name? Jason. <laughs> South Jersey Jason, help you out. Maybe. Maybe we'll bring him in. All right. So, Kincaid puts up a good fight against Freddy, but Freddy overpowers him. Kincaid screams for Kristen, but Freddy reaches him and kills him. I'll see you in hell. Tell him Freddy sent ya. <laughs> Great lines out of Robert England all movie. We cut to Joey, watches MTV, and listens to music in his room. He begins to fall asleep and discovers a model from one of his posters swimming in the waterbed. Good dream. <laughs> Freddy jumps out of the waterbed and attempts to drown Joey. Joey screams for Kristen to help him, but Freddy stabs and kills him. Great scene where the glove comes out of the water yes. and comes on in. And Freddy says... How's this for a wet dream? Yes. Great one-liners. Beautiful one-liners. At school the next day, Kristen panics when she notices that Joey and Kincaid are missing and accidentally knocks herself out as Rick attempts to calm her. Freddie tries to get Kristen as the school nurse wakes her up. Kristen feels guilty about staying awake when she learns that Kincaid and Joey were found dead. She later tells Rick, Alice, and Alice's crush... Dan Jordan, played by Danny Hassel, about Freddy. She vows to avenge Kincaid and Joey. That was a cool scene, too, when she was in the nurse's office. Oh, uh, with Freddy as the yeah, woman. Yeah, Freddy as the... Robert England as the nurse. <laughs> he made a pretty nurse. <laughs> <coughs> All right. We are back after that coughing fit from me choking on coffee. Alright, continuing on. Kristen realizes that her mother, who, whoever the, I forget the actress's name, but she played a super bitch, that her mother has put sleeping pills in her dinner, but falls asleep as she tries to run out of the dining room. She put uh, sleeping pills in her drink. She didn't fall asleep running out of the dining room. She fell asleep in her room. She fell asleep in her room, but she was half... What do you call it? In and out, like, I guess, loopy. Trying to go up the steps. She was stumbling. I guess. Kristen starts to dream. Freddy overcomes her attempts to repel him and forces her back to his home. Uh, It was the beach scene where he stomped her into the ground wearing wearing robands and underneath the ground was her house. Great... Great shot of Freddy putting on the historic Ray-Bans. Ah, oh, Freddy. Since Kristen is the last of the Elm Street children still alive, Freddy goads Kristen into summoning one of her friends into the dream, so this fun can begin anew. She calls Alice into her dream, and Freddy throws Kristen into the boiler, bef- and before she dies, 
Kristen gives Alice her dream power. Alice wakes up with the sense that something is wrong and takes Rick to Kristen's house. When they get there, they see that Kristen's bedroom is on fire with her in it. Pretty messed up scene. It was. And I had the tagline, How sweet, fresh meat. Yes. <laughs> but it just shows, like, Alice, she played such a, such a good role. I mean, Lisa Wilcox did four different ranges in this movie. Yes. From cowardice, weirdo, daydreamer to a kick-ass rock star who got her man. So, like, she played she played great throughout the entire movie. She's probably my favorite actress in this movie. Mine, too. Later, Alice falls asleep during crass and uh, inadvertently brings Sheila into her dream. Freddy ki- kills Sheila and makes it look like an asthma attack. Learning is fun with Freddy. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why they had that little robot thing, though. That doesn't really match Freddy. There's no, like, technology to Freddy. Well, Freddy's dead there was. Well, yeah, because she was. She showed them that she was working on that. She was up all night working on that. Well, not the robot that attacked her out of the book. She made that Wait, little that, thing that for the... That thing, yeah. okay. I see what you're saying. Rick starts to believe Alice, but the following day he has a dream where an invisible Freddy attacks him in a martial arts dojo. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Rick fights him and manages to knock his glove off. However, the glove levitates and stabs him, killing him. With each death, Alice changes. She gains the abilities and personalities of her dead friends... She makes plans with Debbie and Dan to fight and kill Freddy together. But when her father keeps her in, because, you know, he just lost the son. I didn't let my daughter go anywhere. Right. As much of an asshole he was, you're still not letting your kid out. So, I mean, and the dad played a really good role, too. He did. He played an asshole to the extreme. <sighs> when her father keeps her in, Alice falls asleep. Through Alice, Freddy stalks Debbie changes her into a cockroach and crushes her in a roach motel. Very cool special effects through this scene. It's always a scene that stood out through the time of her arms snapping and turning into cockroach arms. That was just gross. When her elbows But like you see Freddy's giant eye looking in at it. I mean it was really cool. Well the special effects in this movie were fantastic. None of them looked terribly bad. Using Debbie's temper, Alice tries to ram Freddy, but collides with a tree in reality. See, they didn't show that. It was in the middle of the street. How'd she run into a tree? It wasn't. It was Freddy she ran into. Right. And then but when it, they went to the out of the dream world in real life, there was no tree. There was no tree. It was in the middle of the street. Yeah. Injuring Dan. As Dan rushed into surgery, Alice returns home and readies herself to join him and face Freddy. In a dream, Alice rescues Dan, and the two find themselves in an old church. This church? We need this church at a haunt. All my haunt enthusiasts, let's get on it. It'd be an easy scene to do. It would be. You just gotta change the doorway a little bit, a couple pews, and you're in and out. It, but it, oh, the green and red light, oh, it was so cool. <sighs> Dan gets injured in the dream, which prompts his surgeons to wake. No, that's not what happened. Man, this is off. 
he doesn't get injured. In he dream. started hemorrhaging. Well, he did. Because when he woke up, he wasn't he was, bleeding. He yeah. was hemorrhaging. Okay, so I, I took that wrong. I thought he was no. hemorrhaging in real life and they had to bring him out of the That's coma. what I first thought until he but woke up. But when he up. woke up, there was no blood. Right. So it has to be this way. Alice now has to fight Freddy alone. Freddy has the upper hand due to all his experience, but she uses all of her friend's dream powers against him. This was a pretty cool standoff. When that door opened and you saw him sitting there like a gunslinger with his glove, just the shadow of that weird church, yes, such a great it shot. it was a good... Such a great shot. When he is about to win, Alice remembers a nursery rhyme called the Dream Master. She recites it, and forces Freddy to face his own reflection, which causes the soul within him to revolt. That was... The strain of all this tears Freddy apart. Alice's friend's souls are released and leave Freddy as a hollow husk. Everything just falls down. Very cool scene of the souls coming out of his body, them ripping Mm -hmm. themselves out of it. It was a really good... You know that body that people were rubbing up against to get out? Yes. It was actually huge. It was like 20 feet tall. Oh, wow. And uh, someone got injured during that. It like fell or something. But uh, yeah, it was a real full-size torso. And because you saw a full naked girl at the end of that scene push her yes. tatas up against it. Tatas. 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 Anyway, back to reality here. <sighs> Months later... Dan and Alice are on a date when Dan tosses a coin into a fountain. For a moment, Alice sees Freddy's reflection in the water, but she ignores it. Dan asks her what she wished for, but Alice does not tell him as they walk away from the fountain. What do you think the wish was? That Freddy stays away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. All right, we'll go over the cast before we give our scores. Cast! Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. And nurse. <laughs> and nurse. This is uh, England returned for his fourth appearance in the role of Freddy. The time loop sequence of Alice and Dan trying to save Debbie is often quoted by him as his favorite in the whole series. Well, that's pretty cool. When they're coming out of the diner over and over again. Lisa Wilcox as Alice Johnson. Yes. She did a great job. She did. It's a tie between her and Nancy for me. Wilcox was not initially considered for the lead role of Alice. In the film, she plays a more timid version of the character who would later return in the sequel. Which she did. But there's more details about this stuff later. Mm-hmm. Danny Hassel was Dan Jordan. Tuesday Night replaced Patricia Arquette as Kristen Parker. She would also contribute to the film's soundtrack. She sang the opening song. Did she? Yeah, when she was driving up in the convertible. I did not know that. Brooke Thies as Debbie Stevens. She was also in Just the Ten of Us with uh, Heather Langenkamp. Ken Sejos as Roland Kincaid. Ronnie Eastman as Joey Crisell again. Andreas Jones as Rick Johnson. Toy Newkirk as Sheila. Nicholas Millay as Mr. Dennis Johnson, the alcoholic father. 
Brooke Bundy as Elaine Parker. Bundy was surprised to be asked back as her character appeared to be killed by Kruger at the conclusion of the... Ah, the mom. I gotcha. It was the same mom. And Linda Quigley as Soul from Freddy's Chest. She's probably the Tatas. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Shea appears uncredited in a cameo role as Alice's teacher talking about a positive and negative gates of dreams. So, for our scoring, for cast, we gave a three. Yes. Fear factor, we gave a three. Yes, we did. Plot, we gave a four. The score or soundtrack, we gave a five because the 80s music was rocking out. And yes. Everyone did I agree job. with that too. Special effects, we gave a five. Overall, it ranked out to be a four after we finished the math. So, pretty good score. It is pretty good. I thought it would have finished a little lower. Um. Favorite scenes before we go in there. What was your favorite scene? Um, I like the boiler room in the beginning. Okay. And I also liked um, the water bed. Yep. We Wood- could- oh, and I really like. I know you don't like the part with the martial arts, but I. Uh, I, I like the way the fog was rolling over like in the dream i uh, thought it was pretty cool okay just it was a cool effect mine were the junkyard scene where freddy comes back to life oh yeah i forgot about that one then the waterbed scene of course everyone likes the waterbed scene the diner scene ricky little meatball yes because they were both really good close eye to eye to each other um I didn't know you can buy a pizza that looks like that. You can. They make it. I forget what toy company makes it, but they make it. All right. <laughs> so, we'll get into casting, and then we got a couple surprises for you guys once we get to the music, because I got two music videos this time around. That's what you said. Yeah. Casting. The role of Kiss Kristen Parker in Dream Warriors had been the deba- debut role for Patricia Arquette but was recast with actress Tuesday Night for the sequel. Producer Sarah Reiser said she was disappointed at the time that Arquette could not reprise her role, commending her as an integral part to Nightmare 3, and as well-liked by the rest of the crew. And I think it would have been a better movie with Patricia Arquette. I don't think Tuesday Night did a terrible job, but Arquette was definitely better. So if you had Arquette and Lisa Wilcox together, I think the chemistry would have been better. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would have been. <sighs> Patricia Arquette reportedly fought the horror genre, genre label, turning down a hefty order to reprise her harrowing role. A hefty offer, huh? Instead of favoring more dramatic roles and becoming a respected thespian in the Hollywood community. Eat shit. 
I'm so tired of the ragging on fucking horror. Like, it yes. makes money. You guys it have does. jobs because of horror. Hello? The studio's not going to have $400 million for your epic blockbuster if they didn't double their money on horror movies. <sighs> Knight had been the first new actor to be cast for the film, other than the four returnees from the previous film. Returning actors Rodney Eastman and Ken Sejos expressed disappointment that the character Christian, Christian, Kristen had to be recast and of the defaulted reunion with former co-star Arquette, while Knight on her part has admitted to having fell out, felt out of place during the recasting. And you can kind of see it. Yes, you can. Something always seemed off. Like, she was a good enough actress, but... Some parts it was like, just pushed. It's the yes, the chemistry wasn't there between actors. Joey and Kincaid. Yes. Yeah. On the auditioning of Alice, Lisa Wilcox recalls that I did a screen test with Tuesday Night, who'd already been cast as Kristen Parker. We did the scene where we're sitting outside the school talking about having matching luggage. Then I did another screen test with Brooke. Hmm. Uh, over 600 actresses auditioned for the role of Alice. That's a lot. Which was eventually given to Lisa Wilcox. Wilcox had previously auditioned for a role in the previous film, Dream Warriors, but failed to land it. In Never Sleep Again, director Harling describes that he and the producers were looking for somebody he can make seem timid and vulnerable in the beginning, and who can then, in a believable way, kind of like Sigourney Weaver in Alien. I, can, I, I think Lisa did that. I think so. I liked her in it. She, she did good. She did really good. Uh, Ellie Cornell has claimed that she was in line for auditioning for a lead role in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in 1988. She describes that New Line Cinema was looking for an Ellie Cornell prototype a girl next door, but she had already landed the role of Rachel Carruthers in Halloween 4. Thank God that it was Lisa Wilcox. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, Rachel Cornell played Rachel Carruthers in Halloween 4, and she was terrible. She was the big sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad she, she didn't make it. I wasn't a big fan of her in Halloween 4. I didn't hate Halloween 4, but they, they could have done a better job with her. Grady Kong, shut up. Uh, Leslie Dean, who later starred as Tracy in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, also auditioned for roles in Dream Master and Dream Warriors. <coughs> Development. Franchise originator Wes Craven presented his own pitch for the fourth Elm Street film, but producers Sarah Reiser and Robert Shea turned it down, instead going with the Dream Master pitch as a progression of the Dream Warriors concept from the previous film. Reiser explained that initially I approached Wes for an idea for the fourth film. I always go to Wes first each time. His idea was illogical. It was about time travel within dreams that broke all the rules of dreams. We decided not to go with that. We decided to go with William Kotzwinkel's Dream Master idea, which we thought was terrific. I told Wes we were doing that. 
Shay felt that Craven's idea did not have the impact the producers were looking for. Craven and his writing partner, Bruce Wagner, were later contacted about doing rewrites for the script, but turned down the offer as Craven felt that they should have approached as artists of the original material. Pretty crazy. It's crazy how many things change in a movie. Yes, especially like from start to finish. Yeah. Eventually, the director's work was given to Finnish-born Rennie Harlan, who had previously directed only two low-budget feature films, a Finnish action film, Born American in 1986, and an American horror film, Prison, in 1987. Rachel Talalay claims that she and the other producers felt that since the audience was so familiar with Freddy at this stage, it would be harder to replicate the scare factor of the first two films. Well, first three films, but anyway. Instead, they decided to continue in the same vein of Dream Warriors rather than focus on pure horror. Harlan thought that Freddy had become the James Bond of the series, the one the audience roots for. He said, We've reached a point where the audience sees Freddy as the hero. They come to these movies to hear his funny lines and see him do those amazing things. And because of the popularity, I'm faced with showing Freddy in a more heroic light giving him more screen time. People will still fear him, but there will also be those cheering him on. Which is true. That is true. Rick Johnson was originally slated to die in a Freddy-induced elevator accident in the dream world. According to the producers, the scene had to be cut for budget concern reasons and was rewritten with the infamous karate dojo. Well, you should have spent the money. (laughs) Wow! That's all he kept doing. Hey! What are you doing? He's doing karate. I've watched plenty of karate. No one got Hey! <laughs> uh, anyway. Move on to filming. The creative process was bogged down by the untimely 1988 Writers Guild of America strike. Running from March 7th through August 7th, 1988. Forcing Harlan and the producers to improvise much during the filming. Lisa Wilcox and Andres Jones wrote their own dialogue for Alice and Rick after the death of Kristen while watching their old home videos, such as, I saw it happen in my dream. Many of the nightmare scenes were made up from ideas that Harlan had come up with rather than from the writer's script. Interesting. You need writers in a film. The film features the car junkyard set from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, this set was conceptualized by production designer Mick Strawn, who worked as art director and handled effects on the previous film. Strawn also came up with the truck crash scene and the kaleidoscope hallway. That kaleidoscope hallway was dope, too, where Freddy spun the things yes. and they had to get through. The junkyard set is the only set used in more than one film, which we knew from the last movie. According to Never Sleep Again, the documentary, producer Rachel Talalay Talalay recounted a meeting between director Rennie Harlan and James Cameron. Cameron inquired how Freddy was being resurrected for the film, and Harlan just replied, A dog pisses fire. It was different. None of them ever make sense. But, like most Freddy films, the box office was a hit. The film was released on August 19th, 1988 in 1,765 theaters in North America. 
The film ranked number one on its opening weekend and grossed $12.9 million. On the second weekend, the film still ranked number one and grossed $6.9 million. It was in first place on the third weekend, then at second, fourth, and sixth in the next three weeks until it dropped out of the top ten list on the seventh weekend at number 11. The film grossed $49.3 million at the box office and was the 19th highest grossing film of 1988. Hmm. It was the highest grossing Nightmare on Elm Street film until Freddy vs. Jason was released in 2003. It is currently the third highest grossing film in the Nightmare franchise. Wow. It also had... I got that down here. Where is it? I have the budget on here. Why is this doing... Did I not write down the budget? I thought I wrote down the budget. Where is the budget? Son of a monkey's ass. Alright. Reception. Nightmare 4 contains my favorite sequence in the entire franchise. And I'm not even in it. This is from Robert England. Alice is locking up for the night at the Crave Inn Diner. Get it? Crave Inn? Craven? Wes Craven? Weren't we clever? Then she and Dan walk out to his truck, open the doors, and get in. And then the sequence repeats and repeats and repeats in a time disordering continuous loop. The first time I saw it, I was spooked because it reminded me of how my nightmares tended to function. The repeating exit was the most hypnotic, disturbing, and accurate depiction of a dream I'd ever seen. And I watched it when I was little on VHS, but then when I bought the DVDs when it was released on DVDs, I thought it was skipping. What the fuck's going on? Because I didn't remember. Oh, okay. Pretty funny. I remember this time, though. Ah, Rotten Tomatoes reports a 53% approval rating based on 30 reviews. Well, it's got more than that. And an average rating of 5.02 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, marks a relative high point in the franchise's bumpy creative journey, although the original remains far superior. Of course it does. So, I mean, it was well-liked, critically. Alright! A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Wow! Film score by Craig Safin. I have all that crap down here. Where is it? Soundtrack album. Sea Hags. Under the Night Stars. The Angels. Standing Over You. Go West. Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams. That's at the end movie. Yeah. With the credits. Yeah. Divinals. Back to the Wall. Played while Kristen is driving to... And that's her singing. So the name of the song goes back to the wall. Uh, Jimmy Davis on the Junction, My Way or the Highway. Vinnie Vincent Invasion, Love Kills. It's played in the jukebox after hearing about Joey and Kincaid's death, but there's also a music video with them in it. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll be playing that shortly. And then Vigil Therapist, Blondie, Rip Her to Shreds. Fitting. Love Hate, Angel, and then Craig Safin. Resurrection. It's an instrumental score. So pretty, pretty cool there. Yeah, Tuesday Night Sang Nightmare played at the opening credits. Very cool. Um, 
The Fat Boys, Are You Ready for Freddy? That's another video we have. Very cool. Music videos. So let's play these music videos now. So we're here. The first video you're going to see is by the Fat Boys. Yes, that's really their name. <laughs> it's called Are You Ready for Freddy? And yes, Robert England is in it and did the video. So let's I don't think I've ever seen that. Let's go to that now. All right. So that was the Fat Boys. Are you ready for Freddy? Now, we're going to listen to Vinnie Vincent's Invasions. Who the fuck is Vinnie Vincent's Invasions? I've never heard of him. Okay. So I've never heard of him. But let's check out that video now. <laughs> Alright, so that was Vinnie Vincent's Invasion. You can see how everything was in the video. Very cool. Have anything to add about Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master? I liked it. And if anybody has not seen it, I recommend watching it. I'm sure they've seen it if they're watching this. So mm, That's true. But if you haven't, like she said, go check it out. As you can tell, the next movie we're doing for next week will be... And I ran Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Weird movie. Had some good good stuff in it, though. A lot of good actors in that movie. Yes. Uh, Alice is back. Lisa Wilcox. Yes, she is. The African-American young lady who plays the Candy Striper. Yes. The kid. Mm -hmm. um, Dan did a better job in this one. The dad was great in this one. There's a lot of cool stuff in the next one. But we'll have that to you soon. Also, this might be the last time you see us grainy. Someone might not like the HD so much when we're getting there. Oh, well, we're going 4K. I, I, it drives me nuts seeing green and stuff, but we're going 4K. We're excited. New computer on the way. We'll work on the audio a down the road. There is something I want to get, but we'll wait. But that's all we have for you today at HalloweenHaunts365.com, the podcast where every day is haunt season. Goodbye. Bye.